Welcome, welcome one and all, all in one, to uh, a, a Elder Scrolls off the record, a QGN exclusive. Um, our first impressions of Elder Scrolls Online. Uh, we were given the green light today by ZeniMax Online Studios to discuss our first 15 levels, our impressions of that, uh, in PvE content. Now, PvP content can be discussed possibly next week, they're saying. And um, if you've had your ear to the ground a little bit today and you heard some things being said by, you know, some of the more, um, you know, well-known professional gaming ah. <laughs> news outlets. Uh, hold back, Dave. <laughs> uh, I'll dial it down. You know, uh, so, some of those guys, I mean, you you heard that there's no PvP discussion this week. So, so what we're going to do is we're going to give you our first impressions. Now, I, I want to say that from from what what was said earlier today regarding those those professional uh, gaming news outlets, <sighs> Dude. a lot of us were disappointed in what they said. I I don't really feel like they had the kind of time in the game that that we have had in order to fairly and accurately rate the game, talk about the game from from a couple of different perspectives. Number one, the, the Elder Scrolls gaming perspective, and number two, the MMO gaming perspective, which, you know, all of us here have had, believe it or not, many, many, many hours in the beta. Now, I, I said maybe about two weeks ago that we we're in the beta, much to Dave's dismay at the time. <laughs> <laughs> what? We're not in the beta. We're in the beta. What? <laughs> which is priceless. Uh, so what, what, what we're doing right now is kind of like, you know, um, a round table fashion. Uh, we, there's no notes. We're, <laughs> th- we've got nothing. <laughs> we have to love the blatant admission. To um, <laughs> there, I made bullet no- points uh, for, the, for this. Uh, I felt it, it was necessary. Okay. D- <laughs> Dave's got bullet points. It's like eight <laughs> words. <laughs> Um, and, and you you know how we are. You've probably have seen uh, notes before from from us. What our show notes look like. Uh, you could probably you could probably sell them bound together in, in Barnes yeah. and Noble or something. I mean, it's kind of ridiculous how far we go with them. So, I mean, I I do apologize if if we we come off as a little unprofessional uh, with with the way we're talking. But unfortunately, you know, this is this is what we were. Um, it, it sort of dropped in our laps. It was a uh, it was a last minute decision, and and this show is is certainly a uh, a last minute decision to kind of put together. Um, Quest Gaming Network is doing a full 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 coverage. This only just starts our our impressions. Um, I know we we have a list. I asked Bradford to uh, to get me a list, and he did get it to me. I we've got a list somewhere. Uh, Dave, would you mind uh, uh, you know trying to see if we can find the list of things we're actually going to be to be bringing out all the articles and the videos that we we plan on doing? Oh, good lord! Yeah, uh, I I suppose. Yeah, uh, I I actually got it right here. Oh, you got that, Shank? <laughs> oh, Shank oh, can do it. There you go. I give you Shank. Shank. <laughs> so through osmosis, I have right. given you these. Shank. These up- right on down over there. Shank. Shank's on the ball today. Thanks, Shank. Yeah, uh, so basically it's kind of cool. We're, we're covering um, all the bases here, as, as you would expect 
from a uh, team who are very passionate and devoted to this subject. Um, we're covering basically uh, character creation. Uh, this is going to um, be a brainchild, basically, of uh, uh, an effort from all of us. We're going to be talking, uh, covering uh, character creation, a, a comparison between uh, you know first person and third person, because. I mean, this it's it's a very very like people want to know. It's a big deal. Yeah. Um, of course, we're gonna have uh, what I'm genuinely looking forward to um, is uh, Dave and I are kind of doing something like a I don't know if they're dueling articles, but uh, you can look forward to um, kind of uh, uh, Dave perspective articles. Yeah. Okay. That's that's a better idea. Perspective, I guess. Um, Dave's uh, pr- uh, impressions of ESO through the eyes of an MMO uh, player, and how does it stack up to that? And uh, on my end, which actually I'm going to shamelessly plug it now because my wrists really hurt from typing all day, is um, <laughs> um, an article that I just put out live um, about my uh, impressions of ESO from an Elder Scrolls, Elder Scrolls purist's perspective. So you're going to get two. We're going to cover both perspectives um, because you have to. And that's what you expect from us. We're going to do that. Um, of course, Bradford um, created his own uh, first impressions, hands-on impressions article that went live earlier this afternoon. You can go take a look at that as well on Elder Scrolls Off the Record. We're going to bring you a crafting video. We're going to bring you some impressions in Daggerfall and, of course, some impressions from uh, the Ebonheart uh, Pact as well. So a lot of stuff. Some of the stuff is actually live right now if you want to go take a look at it. Um I, it's really, really exciting. I know everyone here is really, really excited. Um, and Dave, I can't wait to read your article, dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's good because I haven't even started on it. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, dude, after reading your article, I sat down to look through it. I haven't even gotten the chance to get all the way through it. But from what I've gotten through, I'm almost in- intimidated to even write an article to go up against it. Uh, but I will, because it needs to be said from the point of view of someone who's had their face beat in by a million different raids and a million different MMOs. <laughs> well, uh, I, I would be remiss if I had not introduced uh, all of my wonderful hosts here. Uh, first up, we've got our lore master, uh, who's, who's a bit quiet right now, uh, and Lou, the lore master, Olan. Hey! Hello, everyone. Hey! Dave Shank, hello, chat room, Twitch, Hitbox, YouTube! And, uh, of course, there's Shank right there. What's up, dudes? What's up? And Dave, D-Enforce Adams right down there. <laughs> I actually did not have time to even get out of my pants before I got on the call today. Oh, tell that's, me about it. Tell, tell me. Show. I mean, uh, tell me about no time whatsoever. I literally, like, we've, we've got a half hour before we were going to go live. I was just posting episode 98 that we recorded <laughs> yesterday. No time. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Um, all right, let's let's get into it, okay? Uh, and i i wanna I wanna start with Lou. Everyone here has picked a faction. While while we played, we we played the game. Uh, we've been playing for months and months and months on end. As a matter of fact, I would say we've we've been in every single beta since last year. So we've been playing the game for about a year now, <laughs> which is nuts if you think about Pretty it. Pretty much every every beta since... weekend. We've, Since March, we've been involved in, um, yeah. and we've we've seen the game go from from great to better. It's just it's it's a the build that's that's out right now that is current is is absolutely fantastic. Uh, we've we've played everyone here has I believe everyone here anyway has played all of the 
all of the different factions up to various different levels. Um, no. No, no, no. Yeah, no, I have, yeah. I, I didn't play yeah, all Married I, Dominion because they're terrible. That's because you suck, Dave, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually have characters in all three. <laughs> so let's let's go around. And I, like I said, I want to start with Lou. Lou, tell me a little bit about, about uh, your decisions in-game. I want to know about faction, race choices, um, your your build, if you can remember some of that. Maybe if you want to talk about some of your skills, you know, just some of the some of the basic stuff. And then tell me how it all feels to you. All right. Um, like I mentioned in the past, when we first heard about when when uh, Bethesda and Zoss first announced that they were developing ESO. Okay, and they announced the different factions, the races that comprise these faction. Uh, the first character I did create was a high elf. Okay, actually, oh. and, and my, my first two characters were are, are high elves. Uh, one is a a sorceress, and one is a nightblade. But being the shameless alcoholic that I am, I also have characters in the <laughs> Daggerfall Covenant and in the Ebonheart Pact. Uh, I created a Breton Dragon Knight, mm. and right now I also have a. Uh, uh, Nord uh, Templar, <laughs> and you know all the cla- all the characters I've created so far. You know I I've been having uh, you know a lot of fun. You know testing them out, trying them out, uh, for better or for worse, just doing different things, experimenting. You know really testing out the freedom that Zenimax Online has said. You know what that we're trying to convey with the Elder Scrolls Online. Okay, so that. Um, you said you said a key word here, and I want to jump on it immediately, like a like a starving jackal on the Tega. Wow, you like that, wow, right? That was, yeah. that I was don't even what is I don't best. even know what's a Tega. Someone's been watching Discovery Channel. A, a Tega <laughs> is is a Arctic area, and the jackal does not live anywhere near it. Yeah, I thought you were talking about the there. Bruce Willis movie Jackal. Never mind. Okay. So so Lou, uh, <laughs> stupid. Um, see what happens when there's no notes. <laughs> From an Elder Scrolls perspective, and then I want to hear from an MMO perspective, the freedom, the exploration freedom. How do you rate the exploration freedom from an Elder Scrolls single-player perspective that's in the game right now? Well, right now, from what I've seen, I I would probably rate it as, let's see if we go to Dave's handy scale here. Um, Are we doing the scale? No, 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 I'm just going to say... No, don't have to. No, no, but I, I'd rate it as, as as certainly very... You know, it, it's good. I like it, all right? Um, obviously, uh, a, a lot of people are, are going to hit that that so-called starter area, okay? The starter islands. Right. Okay? And, you know, for better or for worse, you know, that is actually a... What I, I like to think of it as the in-game tutorial, okay? Because there you're learning some more of the basics. I mean, you, you did learn some in Cold Harbor, mm-hmm. which is okay? the actual tutorial. You're you're there for like a level or two by the time you right. actually get out of there. But when you actually get to the starter island, wherever you, whatever faction you choose, whether it's um, the Carthage Roost for Alberni Dominion, whether it's uh, Bleak Rock Island, or Bleak mm-hmm. Rock Reach for uh, Eleven Heart Pack, or if you're on um, Strohs Mackay for Daggerfall, okay? To me, I see that as a, as a further extension of uh, learning how to play Elder Scrolls Online. All right, but I, I do think, uh, I mean, the exploration aspect is there, mm-hmm. but 
at least for the few levels that uh, you know we're limited to. Okay. Take the exploration part with a with, with a grain of salt. I mean, you're, you're there to also learn. I mean, th remember this is a game that's trying to do to meld both the MMO world and the single player RPG. You know, and they're going to be players from both sides that don't know how the other works. And I think what people need to realize is that with that, that starter island, with the exploration part, you know, it's going to be there. Maybe not to the level they all expect, or, or they, 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 they would see, you know, right off the bat with any Elder Scrolls title, mm -hmm. you know, the single player games, but it is there. So, right. So that's, that's the Elder Scrolls perspective. Now, on the exploration, on, on an MMO perspective, where 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 would you rate the the uh the exploration there from an MMO perspective? Uh well, uh, for the MMO perspective, it's something that I would expect. Yeah, it's at the level I expect it right now, especially that since I'm in the starter area, you know, and I, I, I made that quintessential lobby character. Well, I mean, we're talking about between levels 1 to 15. 15? So, so the the scope and breadth of that. I mean, let's let's be honest, okay? The when when we're talking about the starter area, it is whole. It is a microcosm of what you can expect uh, for the rest of the game. It it is tiny, and as a result of the fact that it is tiny, the um, the exploration there is is limited because it's mm -hmm. it's geographically small. But once right. you get off of that, and you get off of it very very quickly, I would say, reasonably speaking level five level five and that's i think if you do pretty much all the quests anywhere between five and six i would say if you do all the quests there uh anywhere between level five and six you're you're on that that uh that tutorial island so to speak and then you sort of move on to to bigger and better lands where you know there's there's far more around you um then then things really really uh ramp up in scope so so from levels one to 15 from the mmo perspective as a person who's never played an elder scrolls game before and maybe played world of warcraft or rift lord of the rings online uh ddo all all of that i mean do you where do you rate the pers uh the the exploration factor in elder scrolls online from the mmo perspective well all right, from that perspective, I'd say it's it's a little better than than average. All right, because again, it, it is a small, relatively small area to begin with. But I will say that you know you will discover stuff there. You know, you may be you may be given a, a couple of starter quests that point you in a general direction. Mm -hmm. But then, believe it or not, when you start leaving that uh, that's that I guess that main gathering area. All right, you you are going to discover stuff there, okay, on your travels. All right, you are going to discover, you know, your locations. You're gonna find other people, other quest givers there, you know, other items there of interest that normally, if you had no, you know, no desire to go in that direction, you know, you would never discover. Okay, so I would say, you know, Shanks play style, you know, for that for exploration, yeah, definitely, definitely do it because. Uh, for this game, for these for these levels, yeah, you definitely want to start uh, exploring everything from the get go. All right, so um, stay, staying on staying on exploration and freedom, um, let's let's move down to to Shank and then tell me a little bit about from from both of these these aspects. Okay, 
from from the single player Elder Scrolls from the MMO. I mean, what what do you? How did you? How did you see the the freedom and the exploration? Well, I can't speak uh, to the MMO and necessarily compare it to because uh, I don't have. I mean, I, I honestly just don't have the extensive experience, but. I'm, I, I guess I got to take you guys uh, your word for it, uh, the, what everyone's been saying. Um, so I mean, I'll, I'll I'll take your word for that. Um, but with respect to specifically the um, the Elder Scroll side, it's 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 interesting because, and this is something I outlined uh, in the editorial. But the the exploration, you're genuinely rewarded for it. Um, you. I, I I gained three skill points just from getting sky shards, so that's nine sky shards you need to go find, um, and they're kind of hidden. Uh, you really need to go out and look. So it rewards you for exploration. Um, Evarwin, I was with you. What did I find? I found a boots. I found a pair of boots that gives you a ten percent XP bonus. Oh yeah. Uh, through exploration. Yeah. And the more, what did the, I do? I screamed. The the, <laughs> the more you go looking around in corners and uh, and and behind rocks and and uh, all these other places that you don't necessarily have to go to, the more stuff you actually find. You know, there's there's tons yeah. of chests. There are these little these little things uh, called runes that you you end up carving out of of these places, and you can you know you use that for for crafting. Um, yeah, there's. I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff you can go find through the exploration, um, especially for the craft. I mean, it's quite awesome. But and there is a but. Mm. This is something that I still don't like about this. Um, now, keep in mind that I, that I'm I'm saying this, uh, you know, kind of very, very, very specifically here. Okay. Mm. There is exploration. You are rewarded for the exploration. You, I mean, you're, 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 you're kind of like, you have an incentive to go out and explore. Okay. I'm not going to deny that. That's because I, this is the feeling that I've had. You really do get this kind of cool feeling, but I don't like how they restrict it in the beginning to that starter Island. Now, let me, let me make uh like let me you know decompress this a little bit in the uh single player elder scrolls games what happens is okay yeah you're in jail and you have this little sort of tutorial thing right i mean every every game has this you go through this little tutorial um i'm going to speak specifically about skyrim because that's the most recent one you go through you know your beheading it's a very very scripted event you you kind of have to run through the helgen keep um you know, and the the guy like basically teaches you the uh, some of the mechanics, some of the basic mechanics, and then maybe after 35, 40 minutes, maybe forty five minutes, you uh, you're spit out into the world, and at that point, the entire uh, province is basically at your feet. You're, it's kind of saying, okay, well, you know, you got you got to go figure out whatever you want to do now, which is great. Um, my experience in here, again. I'm not saying that the exploration is not there. That's not the point of this at all. Here you go through your cold harbor or um, as of Arwen, uh, just to make him happy, you go through this hell sort of thing, right? Oh, my God. Can we never then, say that again? Can we not do that? Never. Jesus. <laughs> you, <that's>... go, you, <laughs> you go through cold harbor. Um, 
which in, in itself, there's a lot of stuff to find. Um, genuinely, there is. And it spits you out into, in my experience, Canarthi's Roost. Um, or um, Which is from the, uh, the, uh, the Dominion, the Aldmeri yes, Dominion. The, yes, the Aldmeri Dominion. Mm -hmm. But as is the case with the other two um, um, alliances, you basically are spit out of Cold Harbor onto this sort of smaller um, starter island, effectively. And what I find sort of... I feel that the game here holds you back too much. Um, and I can sort of understand why they do it, but I, I would much rather have them sort of literally spit me out into the Alliance lands proper. Um, if I run into level 15 things when I'm a level 3, I, and so be it, I'll, I'll, I'll die. What happens in Skyrim? You're a low level. You run up the throat of the world. That frost troll is gonna kill you. I mean, it's killed everyone. Right, right. So <laughs> uh, that that's where I feel like it's a little bit too restricting in the beginning. It puts you in the. I understand the function of the starter island, but I still don't like how it 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 it. it to me, it felt like it was artificially restricting me. It was almost like it was holding me back, saying, "You can explore. You have to get through this area first, though." Now, Dave, is that? I mean, what Shank is talking about, and again, you know, let's let's highlight the fact that you are there for about five or six levels. You know, is that the MMO creeping into the Elder Scrolls here, or that is fundamentally MMO, and and I can explain why. They don't want people to walk into the game and immediately step into a super high level area, get squashed, and never want to play the game again. Um, I can reference a few previous games like. Uh, Plague Lands, the Western Plague Lands in WoW on uh, the Eastern Kingdoms. But honestly, referencing things with direct correlation doesn't seem to make an impact anymore. So what I'm going to say is this. It's there to make sure that the people get... Yes, they're trying to make sure that people don't run off somewhere, have a bad experience... That's the point of an MMO. It's to make sure that you have an experience within a certain set of parameters that fits not only the gameplay that they're trying to put out, but the storyline that they've written, as well as trying to make sure that you're within an area that's keeping you from breaking the game. So then I have a question for you then. Why not, um, you know, say say you get out of uh, Cold Harbor and, okay, cool, you're basically this, like, really green character. You have no idea what's going on. So my question is, why couldn't they have, like, in, in the actual, um, the, the you know, the, the, the province, the actual proper province, w what is preventing uh, and maybe mechanically, maybe systemically preventing the developers from... I guess creating that sort of low, lower level area, but in the sort of world itself. So you're not isolated on an island per se, but you're you are you're on the actual main province. It's just that the certain area or you know group of villages that you're in is just happens to be low level. So mm -hmm. that that area isn't geographically isolated because that was what was kind of that's what I felt was artificially restricting and hand-holding to me was that I was physically isolated from the rest of the world. So my question is why um, 
is it possible to eat, like create that uh, that sort of starter zone, but as part of the rest of the world? So it feels continuous and it feels seamless and doesn't feel like it's artificially restricting you, yet still continuing that functionality of saying, we're getting you used to the systems in the game. We're getting you used to how the game works. And this is the like sort of lower level area for you, for you guys to go and explore. There's stuff to do. And if you, I'm, this is meant for you guys not to like hate Sh- the game. I mean, Shank, I, I mean, your, your question is valid and all, but I mean, the, this is our first impress, our, our impressions of, of the game. Right. I mean, uh, no, but that's my, that's my question is like, is do other games, like I guess do other games like physically isolated like is a starter zone jet traditionally a physically let me, like let me, isolated spot? Let me put it this way. Not only is this prevalent in nearly every other MMO in existence, any MMO that doesn't do this has had signs of people who pick up the game, play the game, walk into a ridiculously high level area, put the game down and never play it again. Alright, see so that's this is there to make sure that people, one, understand how to play the game, and they do it well. Two, make sure that they don't have a ridiculously bad experience within their first two hours of playing the game. Okay? It's there to, to yes, it's kind of controlling just off the bat. But as you move through, everything opens up. Yes, it kind of... it. It allows you to explore. It does. In fact, you get a lot of great stuff from exploring. Yeah, and there's. And I, I mean, I never said that there. Like that's that's my quite like. There's. I had. I'm. I had a lot of fun in these. I call them like lower level zones or whatever. There's mm-hmm. a lot to do, but that's that's literally the the only part of the vast and expansive exploration that really truly permeates throughout this game. That was the one sliver that i felt was restricting and hand-holding so that's literally like this much out of like a giant chunk of the exploration that i right which is why and i love in this game right well which is kind of why i'm I'm a little eager to to sort of you know move on a bit because i mean there's there's so many things that that we can touch on on this and and um you're kind of beating a dead horse here a, a little bit a little bit um and so, all right, let's let's just let's just move on. Uh, I mean, so Lou, tell us a little bit about your character and your and your your character's build. I mean, what kind of characters did uh, did you did you put together? All right, uh, I say my the primary one I'm working on now is a is a mage. Well, is the sorceress. Okay, the sorcerer class, I should say. She's a female high elf, and uh, I've just been trying to. Uh, build her up to where she is basically going to be a a long range death dealing machine. All right, because you know when you think mage, you think you know long range, you know casting, you know that kind of uh, I guess DPS damage dealing class. Okay, mm-hmm. keep things at bay, keep things at length, you know, and, and do you know heavy damage from afar. So what I've been trying to do is try to see if I can do something like that. Uh, with this character and with the skills that I have open to me so far, you know, I'm finding it, uh, very, very easy to play. Um, of course the way, you know, it, for me, you know, I have to get the timing down and, um, you know, my reaction time, you know, I've got to work on that obviously cause I, you know, it's still in the beta and it's still, 
you know, things are still ongoing. I'm still learning how to play the character. So, so yeah, you know, yeah, I'm dying every now and then because, you know, I'm trying different things with this build, you know, with different builds, you know, trying to see if I can use, you know, is using a, a frost staff more effective than a fire staff in certain situations, you know, or yeah. a lightning staff. Okay. Um, or a combination of things, you know, and, uh, Really pouring over and looking in detail at the descriptions that they give you for these skills, which I will say are that you know is very, you know, it's very simple. It's it's very, uh, it's well written. Okay, I'll say this: if you can't understand what the skill does <laughs> when you look at it and the, the pop-up window tells you exactly what this thing does, um, then you know I, I'd say go back and read it again. <laughs> You know, it's it's spelled out for you in black and white, you know, plain as English. You know, it, it does this. It well, gives you this. If you do this, with this. Lou, from um, on a scale of one to ten, overall, overall, from an Elder Scrolls single, from a single player Elder Scrolls perspective, how do you rate the game? Ten being be- the best, one being the worst. As of right now, with my first impressions, all right, since it's still in the beta stages, okay, and. You know, I, right now, I give it, I give it an eight, only you know, close to nine. But you know, it would get a nine. But since I've run into bugs and you know some some other issues, which can be fixed, mm-hmm. you know, my score right now is still gonna be you know, eight eight point five from this judge. <laughs> and and from from an MMO perspective, yeah. Uh, right now, I the way it stands, right now, I would give it an eight, solid eight. From both perspectives. Mm-hmm. Okay. What about you, Shank? I I honestly don't know from a perspective. I'm going to copy Lou. I'm going to say eight for the MMO. Sure, why not? Hell, give it an 11. Uh, (laughs) um, From an Elder Scrolls perspective, um, keeping in mind beta, but the beta beta is all I have to go off of because that's basically focused my experiences right now. Strictly speaking from an Elder Scrolls perspective, I'm going to give it a seven and a half to an eight between there um, because of some um some some kind of weird bugs because i mean i have come into the beta but you guys got to keep in mind for me the elder scrolls games are so ridiculously far above every single thing else so that score for me still means it's better than a giant massive list of other games so you're going to get a better score and a better review for me when the game proper comes out basically. pretty 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 high <laughs> considering the fact that you weren't going to play the game no and see and that that's the point that i that i want to make here is that i had like pretty bad experiences uh for a long 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 time i mean and you're you're basing that off of a single player elder scrolls perspective yeah there yeah exactly there are a lot of things which i write in the article that i that um that I like, but there's also a lot of things in there that I feel um, either miss the mark or have room for improvement in future patches. Yeah, we'll we'll get into that in a minute. Exactly. Um, so that's yeah. So that, that that's my score. What about you, Dave? Single player and then the MMO rate on on two different ten scales. I don't want to give a single player one yet because I've reason why you've you've played Skyrim. I, I have played Skyrim and, and Skyrim feels like a sandbox. Okay. You know, there's so many different things to do. There's so much you can put together. There's so many different things you can wear in so many different combinations. ESO does a lot of that, 
but I don't want to give it a rating because all right, does it we've disappoint? All, we've all heard whispers of what they're coming out with in future patches, yeah. and the more that adds into this game, it's not only going to feel like what we had that same feeling from Skyrim. It's going to feel like more than that. Okay, so but tentatively, does it, does it disappoint? From a single-player oh, Elder Scrolls... Go- good God, no, it does not disappoint. Because that's what I'm trying to get at. I, I want to you know... You know what? It So much does not disappoint. I was just farting around the other day on my on my Sorcerer. And I was like, I, you know, I was thinking, oh, I'm going to be a BA, I'm going to have a healing staff, I'm going to deal damage with my healing staff. I picked up a uh, Destruction Staff. Never even touched one before in my life mm-hmm. on this character. I pick up a Destruction Staff. And I'm like, whatever, it's a little bit more higher higher power, I'm going to play with it. Oh my god. I fell in love. Just by, you know, blowing things up. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And it, that's how this game feels. You, you go from one thing to the next. Yeah, you may specialize in something, but damned, if there's not one thing around the corner, that's just as interesting that you can flip between one thing to the next to go in from... Oh, it's beautiful. It is it is everything you want in the gameplay style. As for content, there's a ton there, and there's more coming. What more can you ask for than a Skyrim with constant updates? Oh my god! How and let let's let's go over to Lou um, regarding the the graphics and and how it looks um, so far. All right, uh, where where do we stand with that? All right, uh, I'll caveat the, uh, my statement with this. All right, um, if those of you in the chat room and you know all three of the fun- areas we're in, Hitbox, YouTube, Twitch, don't know. All right, I am playing on a four and a half year old gaming laptop. Okay, mm-hmm. and I am running the beta on medium. Okay, some things I, I turned completely off. All right, just because. All right, like a bunch of the post processing effects I had to get rid of. But the game to me still looks, it still looks very good, okay? Um, I like the way, you know, the terrain looks. It looks, uh, you know, it looks pleasing (laughs) to me. And and in a lot of cases, you know, it can be annoying, very annoying because, you know, it can hide, you know, creatures, mobs, NPCs you're trying to hide because, you know, you can't see through the trees and grass, you know? That's how good it is to me. Same thing with the armor and the way the weapons look and the and the. Well, when the you effects. say when you say you can't see through the trees and the grass, I mean, what what do you what do you mean? Because you no, I mean you can't see that stuff in any in any video game. Yes, you can. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my! Look at my Blackguard's review. That's what gl- the grass that we didn't want to see. <laughs> yeah. We did not get that nasty grass. We got good grass. <laughs> yeah, you actually have. It, with the graphics that you have present ESO, all right, what I would term the flora and fauna of the game actually does make a difference. Okay, it does. You know, oh, absolutely. If you're if you're absolutely. in a heavily wooded, if you're in a heavily wooded area, heavy heavy forest, heavy jungle, that type of environment does make a difference as to trying to find your quest objectives, trying to find your way around areas. Okay, mm-hmm. and same thing with how the characters look, the armor looks, the weapons look. The effects of abilities, spells, glowy effects on weapons, enchantments, stuff like that. All right, to me, it looks very good. All right, I like what I'm seeing so far. And again, 
you know, we're in a beta still. I'm on an old, relatively old gaming rig, okay? Mm-hmm. And remember what Paul Sage said, you know, a while ago. All right, they built this game to be able to run on computers that are, you know, at least, you know, five years old from the get-go, okay? Yeah, maybe you're not going to get, and you shouldn't expect to get the graphical quality you would see on Crisis 3, you know, running on two or three Titans, <laughs> you know, or seeing Shanks' version of Skyrim Oblivion, you know, with E&B going crazy. No. I mean, you have to be realistic. The game will run on your computer. You know, it's going to look decent. All right, go in there with, that, with those expectations in mind. If you're running on an old PC, old rig, you can still run the game. It's going to look decent, but you're not going to see, you know... <laughs> Transformers-style graphics on your computer. That's not going to happen. <laughs> but is the game still enjoyable? Is it still playable? Yes. You will still have a ton of fun you know, going out there, exploring the game, and you know, getting lost in the world that ZeniMax has created for us. Shank, uh, you're you're the uh, the graphics min maxer here on on the show. <laughs> That's the Should best. we really be asking him this question? What He's going to need a, a whole segment for himself. Well, I mean, you know, try and try and curb yourself a little bit, but I mean, what really? I mean, you know, what do you think about the graphics? Are they, are they, are they good? Are they awesome? Do they suck? I mean, what do you, what do you think? Uh, first, I, I've had several questions in the chat, so yes, I will be doing an article purely about the graphics. Don't have to worry about that. Uh, so there's your answer for that. Uh, as far as what I think about it, um, uh, I, I've been basically running the game on max since the first beta i can tell you hand on heart that there have been drastic drastic overhauls in terms of the optimization and the just the overall visual fidelity of the game it is truly it's it's stunning in in a word it's stunning i mean you have high resolution textures you have glorious hdr lighting you have, you know, the the shading on everything, the water, the parallax in the water. I mean, they they are doing things that are genuinely impressive, especially if you take into account that this is a persistent world with whatever thousands of other people there, like on screen. So, from that perspective, it's great. But you knew there was a but coming. But the one slight jarring sort of I don't know if jarring is the right word but the, the, the one minimal gripe I have with the, with it is the one thing I love about uh, the, you know Oblivion and Skyrim the games that I've played is that when when you uh, the world is like kind of just there and it, it's it's awesome and you know for a fact in this game that the world is just there you can just go out and you can just walk and have fun and quest and all this stuff but what I found was that, and again, this is in beta, so keep this in mind. So hopefully this can be patched or updated or something. But the the draw distance I found was a little bit to be desired. It was a kind of a short even when fully maxed out. And you really only notice that if you're like up on higher hills and stuff. But when you're in like a forest, for example, lose right. The fauna is gl- beautiful. The The plants are gorgeous. The the trees like sway in the wind. The water ripples. You see a very, very living, authentic world. And the visuals do 
they go a long way in convincing you that, hey, you know what? You're not on your couch. You're in this world with the bow in your hand and it's you versus the world. You go explore. You have fun. I mean, it's it's they're, they're great. I mean, I don't know what else to say except for wait for my proper article when I go way more in depth. <laughs> All right. Uh, Dave, what do you think? What, what about the graphics from a from, okay. from a single from player an Elder Scrolls perspective. perspective and, and an MMO perspective? Uh, what what do you think? Um, as for single Elder Scrolls, I mean, you could upgrade your graphics, so that's could range a, a huge gambit. Um, as for uh, MMO, which is really what we should be focusing on when we we think, you know, how well they've done these, it kind of scares me. I I I love how well they've done it. Mm-hmm. I love how well they can pull this off because in other MMOs, one of the biggest limitations, especially for large scale combat, like you're going to expect. In you know adventure zones at the end, and we haven't even had a chance to experience that. Um, but for having so many people on screen, hell, we were in the beta one time. There were what five hundred people just standing around. Okay, probably weren't that many, but maybe there were. Who there was like just the whole area was just people. They were all <laughs> rendered. They were all rendered beautifully, and that is that is mean to a processor. That's mean to a GPU to, to have to render that many polygons. It, it hurts them. Like you, you're supposed to treat them with love, but, but they have done this. They, they put their time and effort into making sure that not only do the, your, your models look good. They do look good. Dan, they look beautiful by themselves. Not only does does the the areas look good and the models look good, but the game can withstand having hundreds of people, hundreds of these models actively rendered, actively moving all at the same time. It is beautifully done, well made and and honestly it's I'm I'm just happy to to even look at this damn pretty game. Dave, what are your computer specs? Um, well, this one I'm on right now, Bertha. No, the one that you run Elder Scrolls Online. This Bertha. Okay, so so the computer <laughs> you're using right now is the computer you play Elder Scrolls Online with, and this is the computer you're, you're describing the graphics that you have seen from. Mm-hmm. What are your specs? Uh, let me get that. Okay. While Dave's getting that, Shank... Yes. Sir. Why the hell did you buy the game? Why did I buy the game? Tell me why you bought the game. Because a couple of weeks ago you weren't buying the game. Now you. I was now, not. And now you pre-ordered it. Why? I did. Why? And I believe when I told you, you were like, "Hold on, I just wet myself." <laughs> <laughs> um, why did I buy the game? Um, well, you know what? I I went back and I did some reassessing. I was like, I want to play this slower. I'm going to test out a few things, play it my style to see if I can do it. And you know what? In my experience, I don't know how many hours. I, I wish they told you how many hours, but I've put in a decent amount of hours. And I feel genuinely happy that I feel like I can play Shank's play style, which is admittedly a very extreme part of the bell curve. Because of that, I said, you know what? I want to experience this. I'm going to throw it out of my money, spend 100 bucks, and I pre-ordered the PlayStation Imperial Edition. And I'm very happy I did. Okay, so Dave, what are those computer specs? You look like you got it. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, man! Um, as it looks, 
I'm running um, on my graphics. I'm running an Asus HD seventy six seventy series. Not sure if that's actually anything, uh, but it has <laughs> it has uh, two gigs of uh, on uh, RAM just just for my visuals, and I have eight gigabytes of RAM. Oh, I'm sorry, not two gigs. It has six gigs. Running six gigs of RAM just for visuals. Okay, and would you consider that a high end or a low end computer? Oh no, this is this is a high end. I would say. Well, right now I'd say it was mm, in the grand scheme of things, it's medium to medium low. Uh, as for if it's a good computer, it's a damn good computer. Okay. Um so the chat room here is is sort of asking, you know, how I feel about about these things. I I, I think it's kind of obvious. The reason why I'm not weighing in is because it, I think it's kind of obvious how I how I feel about these things. Um if we're looking at this from a single player Elder Scrolls game on a scale of 1 to 10, I'm going to have to give this game an 8 to an 8.5. Um, and, and the reason because I would give it an eight to an 8.5 is because the MMO is creeping in on my single player Elder Scrolls experience. Uh, if I were to give this game on the scale of one to 10 as an MMO, I would give this a nine to a 9.5. Now, now I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I'm interrupting, but now I'm curious why, why, why uh, higher? I guess compared to other MMOs, why do you, Mr. Varwin, see it like that good? Strictly from that, because from that MMO sort here, of lens. Here's the reason why. Sure. All right. I, I play Star Wars The Old Republic. I've played World of Warcraft. I, I still play Rift. Um, these games, there is no exploration in them. No. You go from one quest hub to another quest hub. The right. reason why this game plays like a fantastic MMO is because the Elder Scrolls is just seeping into the MMO. It's got it has it has very common MMO tropes that need to be in the game in order to make it an MMO. It has to be there. That I I mean it's just it has to be. Otherwise it's not an MMO and it's, you know, a single player game or a co-op game. It's just, stuff needs to be there. Like Oh, preach sister, preach. Like quests where you go into a place there's a person standing there. You know they have a quest because of some sort of visual cue. You walk up to them. They give you a speech. You accept the quest. And you go off and you have something that is is tracking the quest. It tells you to, you know, do whatever. You go out there. You do it. And you, you bring the quest back. I mean, okay, yeah, that's in a single-player game. But it's really not, it's really not much of a, an MMO trope at this point, I suppose. But I mean, to, in that respect, though, it's just it's the way it's done. Um, it's, yeah, it's the fact that even though, yes, that is in a single player game, it's the way that it's wrapped up in this. This MMO is wrapped up in a, in a pretty little Elder Scrolls package. I'm telling you right now that, that I absolutely adore this game. And if I were to rate the game overall, not from a single-player Elder Scrolls perspective and not from an MMO perspective, but the game overall, I would give this game a 10 out of 10. That's 
That's my opinion. I would give it a 10 out of 10. Not that I think it's a perfect game, but, and, and I'm not saying that a 10 out of 10 is a perfect game. And the reason why I don't think it's a perfect game is because, you know, it, there's going to be, you know, because of, of, of character balancing issues and, and because of, um, you know, the fact that, you know, it's going to grow. So it's not, it's obviously not a perfect game. It always will be a work in progress, but just from a pure enjoyment perspective is the reason why I would give it a 10 out of 10. I'm leaving all the technical garbage out of it. Cause I really can't speak to that. I'm not a developer. Um, I would give it a 10 out of 10 because I enjoy playing this game more than I enjoy playing anything else. That said, um, from I, I love how how it it feels like a perfect little Elder Scrolls game when I want it to be, and I love how it feels like an MMO when I need it to be. If I, I if I need to group up in the game, it's easy. All I do is go right into my interface, and that's another thing too. Like the interface is utterly fantastic. I don't have to go to a mailbox inside the game in order to get my mail. I just go through the interface. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. So you're saying like another, you, okay, so this was really, so the mailbox, I, I just now learned that it, that in other games, it's a, it's actually like a physical mailbox. Yes, I, I mean. It's you, not like an uh, icon in your menu then. And no. Depending on the MMO, they are very rare at times. Well, damn, I thought it was just an icon in every game that you could just click on. So, so from... Right. So like that's that I, to me is, is just absolutely brilliant. There's other things inside this game too, that I think are, are brilliant that we haven't touched on yet, like crafting. Um, but oh from the graphics perspective, from the MMO, I think it's, it's, it's the, it's the most beautiful MMO I've ever played. It trumped rift rift was the most beautiful MMO I've ever played at the time. It was the most beautiful MMO. Oh, it was. Without and then, a doubt. And now when it and came now, out. Nothing could even compare. Right, and now this is out, and it not out out, but I mean it's it's you know I've been I've been playing it, and it's fantastic. It looks gorgeous, absolutely looks gorgeous. I think it looks better than Skyrim. I I would agree with you, but it, compared to Vanilla Skyrim, I one hundred percent agree that it, right. it's a better game than the Vanilla Skyrim. Yeah, non non modded Skyrim, yeah. which is what I play. <laughs> it looks no, I, I, I agree gorgeous completely. And, yeah. and they weren't going for a hyper-realistic look. They were going for a look that's going to withstand the test of time. It looks kind of hyper-realistic, but at the same time, a little cel-shaded cartoony because they don't want to... You can't devote a lot of time and resources to um, constantly upgrading your graphics when that hyper-realistic look the look you went for to make it look extremely realistic in 2014 is now outdated here in 2017 or 2016. And you have to update the entire thing to keep up with the Joneses. So if you give it a little bit of a cell shaded cartoon look to it, it's still going to look great three, four years from now when, when other people have, you know, when other MMOs have, have come and, and brought, fresh renewed uh technology and graphics as a result so i i think it looks absolutely stunning and the god rays that come off of the uh off of the sun 
and through the trees and the leaves is just it's it's stunning i've taken so many different like photos and and you know just looked at them when i'm away from my computer like i'm on my, on my phone I, I you know i mean uh it looks beautiful i i love it yeah and, and if, if i can if i may mm -hmm. uh, yeah um yeah, I just want to build on what you said about uh, how the game looks and how uh, Dave mentioned before too about how the characters look, how the models look. Okay. Damn, Purdy. Yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> what I do appreciate a lot about what ESO is doing, especially these character models, is that they they are not afraid to actually depict character models as people. Okay. I mean, there are other games out there that are coming out uh, that are out now. All right, that are going for that uh, stylized look, okay? Um, that somewhat caricature type uh, bodies, faces for their, you know, for, for players' avatars in the game. All right, and that's all well and good because you know that's the kind of style they want to go for. That's great, but you know what? For me personally, I've had enough of that kind of look. Okay, the so-called cartoony look. Mm -hmm. Right, and I, I'm playing a a uh, fantasy theme based MMO. All right, at least give me you know characters that will look uh, you know stunning, that will look good in this environment. All right, um, and that's why I really appreciate what they're doing here. They're not going for that, I guess, that popular trend of you know making uh, player characters look like cartoons. Okay. Right. It looked like little chibis, you know, anime, anime or manga type chibi, chibi characters. No, I, I want to. <laughs> I want my elf to look like an elf, not some you know Keeler elf from that, you know, the logos. Oh, no. Ragnarok was fun. <laughs> right, but you know. <laughs> let's let's talk a little bit about builds, guys, and and the freedom sure. in in builds. All right, let, let me let me start off by explaining what I've created in this game so far. Um, I have a a. Um, a Dark Elf in the Ebonheart Pact. Currently level 7, I believe. He's uh, built him as a sorcerer, and I wanted to do something different with, with the sorcerer. I wanted to have uh, ranged spells, powerful ranged spells, but at the same time, I wanted to be powerful when the enemy eventually closed the distance. Figuring that this is probably going to be an issue, in, you know, early in the game, but maybe later on as my spells become far more powerful, um, that I, the the DPS coming out of them is, is probably going to be, you know, they're probably not going to get close to me. But in any event, I, I left that for you know a future a future thought. What I did was I created a sorcerer who actually wears medium armor. And sword and shield. I can take the sword and shield and I can enchant the sword and the shield with enchant that give me extra mana. And the same thing for the medium armor as well. The medium armor, it, uh, you know, it protects me a little bit better than light armor. It has a little bit more armor on it. Um, so when they do come and close the dis distance on me, I have... I have some medium armor on me, which is, you know, a, a little extra protection than the light armor. 
and I can I can enchant all of that to add extra mana uh, to increase my my mana pool further. Um, at at level seven, I have I think three skills on my hot bar, three or four, with a few spent in in my race um, and in my armor, I believe. It's been a while since I played this character. But in any event, I, I'm a force to be reckoned with, without a doubt. Playing solo, it doesn't matter if they're far away from me or if they come in close. I'm able to hold my ground for, for a lot longer of a time than you would think a sorcerer could hold their ground. And it's fantastic. A sorcerer with a sword and shield and medium armor, and it works in this game. I have a question. Was this the character that you were playing with me? How long ago? Uh, I mean, me and you were just just exploring around. Uh, maybe last week, week ago. No, I think um, that was my Khajiit. Yeah, that was the oh, Khajiit. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, that was the Khajiit, and that was another thing. the The Khajiit that I made was a sorcerer as well. And going from the the idea that that I really enjoy mixing up these builds now, I made a a sorcerer who uses um, sneak bonuses with the bow and arrow, and that worked a hell of a lot better than the guy with the sword and shield. <laughs> and, and you know what? If I can be honest, Avarwin, that when you told me that that has inspired me for my first character when I actually get the game proper is to try exactly that sorcerer with the bow. That sounds amazing after what you described to me. Oh, it absolutely is. It's utterly fantastic. I'm getting sneak bonuses, which come natural wearing, wearing medium armor. Um, when I, when I pop off a few, a few shots from my, my, my bow, and then they turn around and now here I am, I put the bow away and I'm using, you know, uh, my, my sorcerer spells to to dps them down to hold them where they're at and and walk back a little bit further and i don't get hit they don't get anywhere near me <laughs> it's it's uh it's it's wonderful uh dave let's 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 head over to you i mean have you created any kind of like you know crazy uh builds with the game yet um my favorite thing that i've ever done was my Again, on my Sorcerer, I picked up and dual-wielded. I got a axe, and I think it was a mace or a short sword. I think it was a short sword. But I had an axe and a short sword going after things like crazy, and I had my little minion with me. And it was sick, dude. I was taking on two things at a time. My minion would be on something, I'd be on something, and we'd just like, tear everything up. And I just felt like, why would anyone ever roll a, a Dragon Knight? If I'm a sorcerer eating everything on this field, it was just mean. Um, one thing I do want to talk about, though, is is what you kind of hinted on a minute ago uh, is a few passives that we've looked at. Um, passives oh, now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just really excited. <laughs> uh, passives. You you put your initial point into it to activate it the first time. You can put multiple points into some of them to actually make them better. Um, one thing that everyone has is racial passives. Now, 
I know a lot of people have been going, oh, well, you know, there's going to be one race that's going to be ridiculously no. better. No, they're not. The passives, yeah. the racial passives, as we've seen, are things like if you put a point in here, you get 2% bonus to both your stamina and magic regen. But I've played other races, and they have very similar traits, like, you know, along those same lines. There, There's nothing in the racial passives that are going to break the game. They're not. I mean, yeah, they're a nice bonus. Yeah, they would be very nice to add to your stack of wonderful passives that you get along the way, but they're not going to stop you or help you from from becoming ridiculous. Dave, off the top of your head, do you remember um, any of the the Nord ra uh, racial passives? Oh, God. I actually played a Nord for a while, too. Yeah. But no, I do not remember. I feel I feel like maybe maybe Shank or, or Lou, because you guys play primarily Aldmeri Dominion, I feel like the one of the High Elves racial passives is um, it, an increased mana pool. I think that's, I think that, I mean, that sounds right. Yeah. I've only ever done one high elf, but that that sounds It I mean it also makes sense, right? Because the high elves are more tuned to magic and, you know, that kind of stuff. So, I guess it, I mean it makes sense. I yeah. don't see why that would be incorrect. Uh Lou, I mean, do you do you remember that? Yeah. Uh I believe I'm trying to remember the, the actual uh, skill tree. Um yeah, that the high elves will get a an opportunity in the skill trees to uh enlarge their, their magic pool. Okay, and also to uh, gosh, um, I believe uh, knock or increase the uh, the rate of how they regain their magic as well. Right. Although right. I simply think because they are they, simply because they are like Shake said they are they are high elves and they are um, the most attuned to magic. You know, in, in the world. Yeah, it's um. Yeah, so I mean that that would be an example of of some of the racial passives that are out there. It's, it's something something like that, and you know we don't we, you know we didn't go into the game and and grab all of this this you know particular information for you for a few reasons. Number one, um, we had very very little prep time, actually none to be honest. <laughs> But <laughs> well, we would have done this, but uh, it's been kind of last minute. So. Yeah, uh, but number two, and more importantly, um, the game is still in beta, so all of any kind of detail that that we could get out, we every single time we gave you a detail, we would have to say, yeah, it's still in beta. This could change at any moment because it can still change at any moment. Still two months away. All right. So, yeah, so I'm this, sure the percentages will too, because that's in balancing. That's like the last thing you need to do is balance things. In fact, they're gonna. I mean, Avarwin, back me up on this. When have you ever played an MMO that hasn't balanced even after it released? Oh, I'm. Come on. Come on. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Uh, this huge. is an ever going thing. In fact, after it releases, I'm pretty sure we can't say that this is going to be set in stone forever. There's there's a there's a rumor going around that the uh, the Templars are going to have a, a little bit of a change to them when when uh, the game does actually release. Not not that I know that that's true or not. I mean, it's something I heard. You know, just just playing the game, just in 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 uh, the guild I'm in, and um, but in any event, there's so many things that can change between now and then. Right. 
the things that are going to stay the same for the for the most part are your things like well graphics it can only get better mm-hmm. i mean that's, it, i mean when i say it can only get better i mean in like load time in uh uh density ratios things to make it flow better it already looks amazing now the other things that are going to stay the same gameplay you know flipping between weapons picking your skill how you execute th- those actions that's going to stay the same as for the the you know bonuses and the numbers within them the numbers are going to change expect that there's going to be balancing and uh that's just part of the game but as for right now how it feels how it feels honestly how it, it all g- goes together to make a whole package of ESO out of all the little bits and pieces damn shank um what's what's some of the the crazier builds that you've made have you had a chance to make any crazy builds yeah i mean i guess everybody knows sort of my checkered history with this um i wouldn't say i guess crazy builds but i will say builds that i'm i'm loving um and one of the and honestly the the build that i love is the one right now um even though I, I still want to try Varwin, your sorcerer marksman. That sounds epic. It really um, is. I'm really surprised by that one. I thought it was going to be a total fail. <laughs> so kind of what I'm doing is I'm a uh, Bosmer, duh, um, but I'm playing Nightblade with um, a mix of sort of heavy uh, armor, you know, mostly for my chest and my legs, and uh, medium armor for smaller things like boots, uh, gloves, uh, shoulders, stuff like that. Um, but I'm playing with a bow. And I'm playing the Nightblade class, so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm playing as I would play a regular Elder Scrolls game because that's my beta test is can I play it like that? Yeah. And I'm finding it to be quite uh, surprisingly effective and shockingly effective so that, I mean, I actually can play the way I had imagined in my head. So I, I'm really liking it, but I'm also really f- kind of focusing on the, the crafting aspect. Mm. Specifically, the blacksmithing, enchanting, yeah. and the woodworking. I'm sorry, and that yeah, and that's something I want to talk about for a little while too. Is is the crafting and how um, how rewarding the crafting actually is in the game? But you know, go ahead, go ahead, Shank. No, I mean, and and that's I I, I find like I, I mean, kind of what Avarin was kind of alluding to is like that. I I love this because I feel so many opportunities specifically in the crafting and those are just three of the crafting ability there's so many more and i love the way that i'm playing because i go out i go explore don't touch a quest for hours and hours and hours i come back with all this amazing stuff i found in the world purely from exploration and what do i do i go and craft stuff and i go back out and i sneak past things and i i mean i i can't stress enough how uncanny my playstyle in ESO is to my regular playstyle in the single player. I cannot stress that enough. And I say that because I know there are so many people out there like me um, that are probably on the fence, um, you know, that have the similar playstyle as me. Take it for me. You can play it that way. If you want to sneak, you can build your character. You can do it exactly that way. And I'm telling you guys, I mean, I, I feel really happy that i am able to do that genuinely i'm I'm very very happy mm. uh let's um 
let's let's go over to uh to Lou on this one. Crazy crazy builds and then let's let's talk about crafting for a bit. What's some of the crazier builds that you've you've made? Uh the very first build I I I, I tried and actually I'm still <laughs> tweaking on my high elf sorcerers that I am totally turning into a glass cannon. So What's for those of you not know what the, who who know what that means, a glass cannon is uh heavy on the damage, heavy punch but can't take a hit at all, mm-hmm. or can't take very many hits at all. Okay. All right, so you're essentially, uh, you, you take a few hits, you'll shatter like a glass. <laughs> okay? So the key to that is, you know, knowing uh, how not to get hit, how to avoid getting hit, all right, or pumping out, you know, damage fast enough to kill whatever you're, you're targeting so that whatever damage it does inflict upon you is, uh, I wouldn't say negligible, but, you know, you can survive it. All right, so that's the crazy build uh, I'm doing right now is the fact that I've dumped the majority of my points into Magicka. All right, maybe a couple in, in, in health and a couple in stamina just because of the dodge mechanic that is in the game, okay? Which is and for those who may not be familiar, okay, there is a way, you know, you can totally avoid damage. <laughs> you know, if you, if you see, uh, I guess, the, the tell... That whatever you're targeting can give. Yeah, you can right. get whether, out of the way of that. Whether it's it's a visual, uh, a visual uh, image you'll see that your that your target will give off. Whether it's like little rays, little lines coming off it, or whatever, you'll see an effect that will tell you, "Hey, I'm about to do something really special that may hurt the crap out of you." So you, you, <laughs> so you may want to dodge it. What okay? kind of what kind of weapons is this sorcerer using? All right, uh, with the build, yeah, it's totally destruction. All right, destruction staff, all the way. And with oh, I say most of the way it's destruction staff, and I do have a few points in uh, storm calling and in dark magic. All right, and just to remind everyone, this is this is our impressions of Elder Scrolls Online from levels one to fifteen without any PvP. This is strictly PVE stuff. Um, so so you can you can definitely like a classic Elder Scrolls game, you can make crazy ass builds and have it work. Or you can go with a, a straight build that you would normally think would work, like yeah. you know, like a Templar with a sword and shield and heavy armor. Which by the way, my guy who is a Templar and does that is level eleven. What? You made a Templar I know, with a right? sword and shield that's and heavy so unlike, armor? That's so unlike me. Why? Wow, would... that, you're really stepping against the grain for Ivarwin, ain't you? I really moved in a direction that I wouldn't normally go in. So, Ivarwin, <laughs> I have to ask this. I have to ask this. Have you come across a dead female Nord by a stream yet? Uh, Well, considering the fact that I'm playing Daggerfall Covenant, if I did, I probably killed her. <laughs> <laughs> But again, that's that's uh, probably PvP, and uh, we won't talk about that. Uh, however, uh, what I what I can say is that yes, there's those crazy builds, and that's when I said that from an Elder Scrolls perspective, I rate this game an eight. Um, I think I don't think you can you can rate this a perfect ten out of ten. As no. a as an Elder Scrolls game, it's just not possible. It's it's unreal. I mean, it, it just way. by the definition of the game and what it's trying to do, yeah. it can't be perfectly both things. No, it, it just can't. I honestly feel like if you're going to be if you're gonna be if you're gonna be honest, I think an eight 
is is probably the closest you're going to get realistically to that that El- classic Elder Scrolls single player Elder Scrolls feel for the damn thing actually being an MMO. I really feel like that is the closest. So for me to give it an 8, I'm really saying it's a it's a 10. <laughs> it's it's as close as you're going to get as humanly possible to to it being you know, uh, to having that experience when I want the experience, it's there for me. I'm in first person. I'm running around doing my thing. I'm questing. I'm exploring. Yeah, sure. Tutorial Island is, is not, is, um, is not, doesn't have a ton of exploration on it, but again, it's a microcosm for what you're about to get into. Once you hit level five or six, bam, that is it. You are in the game proper. I'm in Glenumbra right now, which is part of Daggerfall. First of all, you go into Daggerfall City, it's absolutely gorgeous. It's stunning. It's, it is. Oh my god. I was t- oh I'm sorry, god. I'm really sorry to interrupt you, Varn, but I remember I think I was talking to you and I was giving my impression. Daggerfall, I cannot it is so big. Just the scale of it, dude. It's, I feel like I'm I, you know, I I work in New York City. When I walk into Daggerfall, I feel like the scale of the buildings are as as appropriate as they should be in real life i feel and like i have a giant building in front of me like wow that is a huge ass castle like <laughs> it's tremendous and yeah go ahead shank no i mean i i, I just want to say like that's the, something that you you hit on just a couple sentences ago is that you said when you want it to be you can go into single and i think that's the crucially important piece that it took me a little digging with this my my second chance so to speak but when i did it i found that it's a when you want it to be Mm. it is an elder because it i and i wrote this as like i never once felt the urge that i was missing out because i wasn't grouped up i never felt that i was like oh man well crap i'm missing out on this game feature because i'm not with three other people Never did I feel like that. Never. But, but, if you want that, the game is waiting for you. It doesn't force you into these things. It's there if you want it to be. And that, I can't express to you how happy that makes me feel, that it's making me play outside my tried and true bread and butter play style. It's great. I don't know how, I don't know what else to say, man. The the other thing too on on exploration there are public dungeons, okay, uh, and there are there are there are dungeons that you have to be in a group in order to get into. Um, but when you get into these public dungeons, you you see them. You first of all they're they're discovered as you're running around in the wild. Maybe you're going to a quest, which actually I had another thought, um, and I'll get on that in a second. You're running toward a quest destination, and all of a sudden you see like this little torch thing on your on your Skyrim like compass. And the compass in the game is better in Skyrim is is better than it is in Skyrim. Because when you when you look at when you center an icon that's on your compass, tells you. It tells you on the top what it is. Instead of not knowing what it is when you're playing Skyrim and you center it. The icon on your compass doesn't tell you what it is. Not true in Elder Scrolls Line. It does tell you what it is. So you head out to this public dungeon, right? You run in there. You go through the entire dungeon. You can do it solo. You can group up. 
you can, if you just see like a random guy run in there and you don't even group up, you can still play the dungeon with that person, not grouped and still loot everything that you normally would loot if you were by yourself or grouped up. There's no penalty. You're not losing out on anything. You're still getting your quest items. You're still getting your, um, still getting your chests, etc., etc. Uh, so, so, so when you do explore, you find all this awesome stuff, you find public dungeons you can go into, you find chests, you find runes that you can, you can pull runes out and, and, you know, craft with, and you find crafting nodes and you, you find, um, just tons of awesome stuff, little collectors books, books that are like low in purple. You pick them up, it goes right into your user interface so you can access them later on in the game. You find glowing yellow books that you can pick up right there and just thumb through them. Books you've already read in the single-player Elder Scrolls games, too. Just just awesome stuff. Um, on the uh, the note of, of questing, quests in this game are not are not totally grouped up in like little quest hubs. You you know, sure you wake up in in you know little Derpville and there's a person there standing there, you know they have a quest, and okay, so you get a quest. And then you're running out to your quest quest objective. And then all of a sudden, yeah, as you're running, that's one thing we should probably hit on is how to find quests in ESO. Yeah, <laughs> as you're running toward that quest objective, an NPC comes running at you, all frantic. Oh, please help me! Please help me! Oh, what seems to that be is the problem? The coolest thing ever. You know, ten, you know, a, a, a horde of undead sacked our town. I, can you please help us? Oh, okay. So quests come to you, uh, they, Dave. They really on that do. note, what do you think? What's some hey, of the okay? I, I think I've told this kind of before, uh, but this is one thing that really struck me uh, between me and Lou is we both took different paths in how we did our quests and both went through the same public dungeon, came out at the end, turned in the quests to the same NPC. I actually did it separately by myself, went through the dungeon got to the end, went out and turned in the quest without hmm. ever picking it up. Wow. If you find the dungeon, you can do the dungeon. You do not have to find the hub first. You can do everything in any order. Yes, certain <laughs> things unlock in a certain order, but you can find anything on the map in any order that you wish. You can do anything in the game as you come across it. The quests find you. You stumble upon them. It's beautifully put together. And, I mean, you know what? I mean, I find this unsurprising, but that is a good thing. Why is that a good thing? Because in every single, in Oblivion and Skyrim, how are quests treated? Treated. Just like Avarwin said, you have a quest. You're on your way to go do something. Some random chick comes up to you like, yo, these bandits, they're like trying to attack me in this keep. All of a sudden, boom, you have a new little quest marker and you can go do that. So coming from that purely Elder Scrolls background and the way that I have experienced quests, it is – I find no surprises because a player like me, I am used to that type of system where it's just exploration-based questing. And this doesn't surprise me, but that is a good thing that it doesn't surprise me. It sounds weird when I say it, but hopefully you guys know what I'm talking about. Like, it's, it's a good thing that it's not 
a totally brand new, like completely insane sort of weird questing system. It's a very natural, very Elder Scrolls system that they have set up, and it, it's it's a good thing. I like it a lot. Um, okay, and and you also get quests from from stuff in in the uh, in the world too, uh, which is which is always a great thing to to see as well. Now now crafting. I don't. I don't craft in any MMO. I, I'm just. I just don't like it. It's boring to me. But in Elder Scrolls Online, like I find myself strangely compelled by it because I'm exploring. <laughs> I'm finding crafting nodes. I go after the crafty node. I grab it up like a piece of iron, and then I realize all right, I got a bunch of iron. Let me see what I can do something with this. So. Um, it's actually really easy and extremely challenging all at the same time to get into crafting. And I'll, I'll explain what I mean by that. Um, you, for blacksmithing, which is, I think, what I'm most familiar with, you, you find an anvil. And so first of all, you got to go to a town. When you go to a town, you have to go to a, a, a crafting uh, hall, a crafting place. You click on an anvil. You interact with an anvil, rather, and it brings up this, this you know, interface for, for crafting. And you can choose from um, improving the gear. First of all, you can choose from creation, creating gear, gear or weapons. Uh, you can choose to improve gear or weapons. And then you can choose to extract as well. Uh, now, in, in, in extraction, I'll get to that in just a minute. Obviously, we'll go with the, the, the e er easiest thing first, which is creating. You collect your your crafting materials in this case iron and maybe like one other tiny little thing which you can purchase from a crafting vendor that's going to be right next to you um, you put these things together and you can make a sword or or a, a helmet then uh, you can choose to improve these things. Now, there are, there's uh, the, for example, honing stones is an item that's in the game, and you can use your, let's say you made a sword, you can take the sword and the honing stone, and in the interface, put them together to improve that sword so it gives out more damage um, upon each hit. But, but, there's usually like a 20% chance of success if you want to do this. And if you fail, that sword you just made is destroyed. So that's why I say it's very easy to get into crafting, but at the same time, it's also a challenge because there are certain things like, like that chance of high chance of, of uh, destruction when you try and improve things. Um, extraction. You you extract uh, you you take that sword all right maybe you you made you made the sword and uh, you made a few extras you want to take one see if you can get some iron ingots back uh, you you can you can take take the sword put it in your interface and or you select it from your interface and you you extract the sword in quotes and you get more materials out of it you can take raw iron ore. Put it, and using the extraction extraction interface, you can create iron bars as a result, and that that's what you use in order to make uh, your stuff. Really, really, just 
a lot of fun because the, the, the best part about this is the more materials you make, the higher level it goes up. So, and, and I'm just making these numbers up. Let's say it takes four iron ingots in order to make a sword. If you, if you, if you decide to make a, a sword with eight iron ingots, okay, the requirement, the level requirement, the character level requirement for that sword goes up. So if you took, uh, if you needed to be level two in order to have a sword that requires four iron ingots, now you need to be level 10 in order to make a sword that requires, I, I don't know, I guess 12 iron ingots. Okay. The damage of the sword goes up and also it looks a lot nicer. looks a bit more ornate. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Now I want to, I want to throw it back to you guys. Um, <laughs> And before you before you ask your question, Shank, I, I want to go to Lou because um, I think you've mm -hmm. been quiet for a while. What's what's some of your your experiences with with crafting? It doesn't you know obviously it doesn't have to be blacksmithing. Um yeah, I, I think I've dabbled with with all of them so far on all my characters. Um, again, the most experience I've had has been on my sorceress, and believe it or not, I've been doing a lot of blacksmithing with her and woodworking. Um. And enchanting. Uh, although, you know, I really should be working on alchemy as well. But <laughs> because one thing I, I will, I didn't mention to everyone before is the fact that you remember how, you know, they, they, as I said, you know, freedom to do what you want. Okay, my glass cannon, I just said it for me. She's a glass cannon that wears heavy plate armor, by the way. Okay. Mm -hmm. Every piece of armor that she wears is plate, which I have enchanted to help boost my magical abilities. Right? Whether it's, uh, you know, just building my magic pool, okay, and using my passives to help my regenerate. Nice. Okay. And that's what and I I've love also, about enchanting. Right. And I've also, you know, researched the abilities to uh, uh, put those traits, all right, because um, to build on what everyone was saying, okay, when you go to these crafting stations, you can do both creation, the creation process, uh, improvement process, the extraction process, and then the last part is going to be the research process. Okay. Uh, and what Ivarin said about the, you know, uh, extracting, yeah, you will, you can, you know, you can deconstruct, you know, pieces of armor, weapons, gear, what have you, if you're at the appropriate station. Obviously, if you're at a blacksmith station, you can't deconstruct, you know, cloth. That doesn't make sense. So, you know, that's one thing I have to be aware of. Uh, what I do like about the crafting process, too, is the researching part because uh, there are different traits and abilities you can infuse or you can place upon uh, your weapons, your gear, and your accessories, like your jewelry, your rings, your necklaces. All right. However, however, the fun part, just like in Veronica said with improving, you know, you have a chance to destroy whatever you're trying to improve mm -hmm. with researching. And I, I mentioned this before uh, off to the side was that Researching involves, it's something akin to, if anyone here ever, has ever read or watched Full Metal Alchemist, it's the law of equivalency, equivalent exchange. You want to research something, you have to destroy something. All right? So if you really want to find out how to get the, like a, a, a particular trait to imbue upon a weapon, a piece of jewelry, or a piece of armor, you've got to destroy something that has that particular property. And in some cases... You've come it, to expect from enchanting already. Which yeah. is a good thing. It's exactly. So it, that's still there. And in some cases, that may be a tough choice because what if that's the best piece of gear you've got on you? 
you know, and it's the only way you, you know, you have to research that particular trait. So, again, your choices will have, uh, you know, you have to make those decisions. And uh, the crafting I find is just very easy to get into. I mean, it's very, very clear cut. I mean, the, the directions you get the moment you open up those, those trade skill menus, you know, it's very precise. It's like, you know, this is what you do. <laughs> Go to the station. This is what happens. All right, and this is the effect. Right, and after a while, you get the hang of it, and you know it just comes, you know it just comes to me. At least to me, it just came very easily. Uh, the hard part, as always, is just going to be gathering the materials. <laughs> All right, that's always the rub. You know, going out in the world, exploring the world, gathering the correct materials yeah. that you want to use. You know, to build your stuff. And you're not locked to to any one particular. Uh, crafting profession either. Now, I know Paul Sage uh, months and months and months ago said if you want to master something, then you have to really choose. But um, at least from from level 1 to 15, I have never, ever felt restricted at all regarding what I wanted to craft. I mean, I really feel like I've had a night, I've had a chance to really dabble just ever so slightly in, in all of the professions from provisioning blacksmithing enchanting alchemy woodworking leatherworking i mean it's just it's and like i said i don't craft in mmos and one thing about mmos is they always make you they always they always funnel you into a major crafting profession and like you know two or three support uh professions usually like gathering skills Mm -hmm. um that doesn't happen in this game You've got the gathering skills. All you do is just go out there and you interact with a crafting node and you, you know, pull out your trusty axe, uh, pickaxe that came from your butt or whatever. That's really nice. There you go. Dink. And, uh, but, uh, it's, it's good to not have that in, in the game. Um, breath of fresh air. It really is like not having to start the game specializing in something that you know that you're going to have to bag it four from 40 other people just to be able to get to the end of your crafting experience it's nice i mean you can just if you want to craft you can craft if you want to gather you can gather and it's really nice that they don't hinder you and put up huge roadblocks like just to force you to trade that that's not how it should be it should be you know how hard is it to pick up a pickaxe yeah um what else and as as a person who who was doing primarily uh blacksmithing if i found an enchantment i could apply it without any issue at all whatsoever i don't need to be an enchanter uh in order to put an enchant on my gear it was great i loved that too and there's tons of enchants out there i mean you can you can yeah Usually when you oh get like a God. heavy, a piece of like, you know, heavy armor, usually if there is an enchant on there, it'll be something that'll bolster your hit points, which pretty much everyone could use. But let's say for sake of example, you want to be like a battle mage and you want to wear heavy armor as part of your battle mage. You can enchant, um, you can get enchants that increase your magicka pool instead and put that on the armor. No problem whatsoever absolutely zero problem whatsoever um right. yeah you can override previous enchants on on gear if you so choose <laughs> regarding skill lines at level 11 i have three skill lines for my class 
for Templar. I have one for my race as a Breton. I have one for the world, which it's it's it's, it's kind of awkward how it how it does it. It's just world, and then underneath it, you, you click on it. And it's there. Okay, that's it's a scale line, and, and it is functional. And it's very good, but uh, it's it is there. Um, I, I say awkward because I really don't know the right way to explain it. But anyway, any event, it is it is there, and it's a full skill line. It's a world skill line. And then I have skill lines for all of the different professions if I want to spec into them. I also have skill lines for my alliance which is PVP and obviously we can't talk about it, but I, I'm, I'm going to tell you that there is a skill line for your alliance. And I'm, I have skill lines for the mages guild and the fighters guild, which I joined and am a member of and get quests for at the same time as a Templar. It doesn't matter who you are, but I happen to be a Templar and I am both a member of the mages guild and the fighters guild at the same time concurrently. At level 11, those are my skill line choices. Can you imagine how difficult it is to figure out where the hell I want to put that point when I level up? <laughs> oh, my God, <laughs> Then on God, top dude. of that, all of your stuff that you have been using, oh, by the way, now you can upgrade it. Now you can morph that ability. So in case you were wondering where to spin that point, here's a few more options. And, and I mean, honestly, you... You bring up a good point of ours. It's like it's it's they make you really like you have to think. Like I think I I don't know if I told you or Lou this, but like I spent like 15 minutes one night just trying to figure out where to invest a skill point, and that's one of the reasons I make it an effort to go out and find sky shards because if you do, you have an extra skill point, you know, and you can invest that. But there's so many choices, man. I mean, like and. The one skill line that honestly blew me away was was the crafting skill lines where you get a skill where every day like a hirelinger or whatever can bring you like extra materials and stuff. And it's, that's so cool. Oh, that's that's that makes life so much easier. And that's part of the reason why I had said that um, crafting in the game is both is both very difficult and also very easy. And but it's extremely rewarding. Yeah, that's it's it's extremely rewarding because I got materials that I was looking for everywhere, and boom, I got it. But I mean, the th I love I love the, the the depth and breadth of the skill lines. I mean, you look at just how many characters. I mean, if uh, Arwen listed off all those categories, the amount of choice just within one single category is nuts. No, oh, it's it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. You have, you have, I would say, just off the top of my head, I'm going to say you have anywhere between five to maybe six active skills that you can choose in one skill line. Which can be morphed. Which All of them can be morphed, by the way, yes. So and that's really 12 you're looking under, at. And then underneath that, you have uh, four or five passive skills that you gain access to as your character progresses and gets to gets higher level, higher in level. Um, there was something I did say that that needs to be corrected. I said that regarding enchanting gear, 
that if you have a piece of heavy armor and and there's a there's a health enchant on it you can pick up a, another enchant and apply it to it no you can't do that what you can do is if you have a piece of heavy armor without an enchant on it you can take any enchant and put it on there also you can make heavy armor this this, this really goes for anything in the game of course um, but if there's if there's a piece of gear that has an enchant on it you can't take an enchantment and override that enchantment by reapplying a new one to it. You have to get an enchanted free piece of gear or an enchantless gear. <laughs> That's what you have to do. So I, I misspoke when I said that. Shank, you had a question earlier. Oh, yeah. Uh, you were talking about the, the crafting, and you said, you know, as, as you invest more materials so say you put eight iron ores versus three then your character level to use that might increase to say you need to be level six versus level three to use that sword for example um is that like a, an mmo sort of no standard no? no no it's not okay you you get a variation of that but the the streamlined feel of it in in this game is is uh to me i've never experienced before i mean it's literally oh do you want a level 10 version of that level four sword? Okay, then just go get the same material that you have there that you made this, just in, in in greater quantity. And now it's a level 10 sword. Oh, and by the way, it looks a little cooler too. Yeah, that's what I've noticed. It definitely, the look definitely does change, which I like. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's start closing this out. All right. Um, I, I want to I ask... Do you think, did, did we miss anything? I mean, I know there's a ton about the game we probably haven't spoken about, but uh, if we feel like you we've missed something that we really need to touch on, bring it up now. Um, I love this game. I guess that's important. <laughs> what do you think, Dave? Did we miss anything that we really need to, to touch oh, there's on? There's a million things we missed, but I don't know if there's any more that we can say. Gotta save stuff for another day, man. From all the things that we've said, this game is so big that there's an exception to nearly every rule. Like, there's always something new. Every time I p pick this up from the first beta that I played till now, every, every time, every step of the way, I find out something new about this game. And that's the sign of a good MMO. That's the sign of a good game. Mm. Is when there's always something new around the corner. There's always something to 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 play with. Lou, what do you think? Did we miss anything? Um, from what we're allowed to talk about, no. <laughs> I Get, think we pretty much we can we can talk about anything we want in our experience from playing the game from level one to fifteen and no PvP. So whatever right. you, I mean there. That's it. The the NDA between for us between levels one to fifteen is is sort of lifted. Right, and, and you know I think we we pretty much touched upon I, I, what I would call the the basics mm -hmm. that everyone you know was probably wondering about. I mean we touched upon you know the skills, you know how they work together, uh, the crafting, the exploration, uh, the questing system. All right, uh, the obvious comparisons that people want to bring up between. The two different genres of the MMO and the RPG, single player RPG, you know, and, and that kind of meld. And uh, you know, <laughs> I, I think 
Uh, I think we covered it all right now. And as Shank said, you know what? We got to save some. We got to save some of that. I got something. We have, we, we have more stuff to say. I just remembered something. The music. Yes. Now, oh, we, oh my can't, God. <laughs> we can't say who's, who's involved. All right. We can't say anything like that. What I what I will say is that there the if you're a single player Elder Scrolls game fan and you love the music in those games, you're going to hear a lot of the old songs slightly remixed. So Shank, you've got a beautiful story regarding this. I do, and I'm so glad you brought up the music because it honestly went over my head. But um, I, I think I told – I definitely told Avar and I think I told Lou. But there, there was a moment where I was <gasps> – exactly, right? Um, Keep so going. I, I got something. <laughs> there, there, there was a moment um, when I was doing my regular shank thing. In first person, not accomplishing much of anything. I was going around looting the barrels. I was just trying to find stuff. The ambient sound, the sun was setting. The ambient sounds were just kind of, I let them sort of surround me. And all of a sudden, through my headphones, what happens? I hear the glorious, glorious sounds of Watchman's Ease. Okay, hold on one second. That's it, right? That's what you heard. That that is exactly what I heard, and it, it sounded it sounded slightly different, as like Avarwin said. But I will be damned. At that moment, I stopped what I was doing. I took my hands off the keyboard, and I just stared at the game with the biggest smile on my face. And I have to say, honestly, hand on heart, I got a little bit emotional. And it it, it was one. It was that sort of moment that was so magical to me that I was just like I am in Tamriel I am in Tamriel doing what I love and I, it's such an indescribable feeling and it, it just it, man it was such a powerful moment for me and that it, it was so awesome I loved it hmm. um, the music slightly remixed from other Elder Scrolls games is probably one of the deepest touches that ZeniMax Online Studios could have done to make this game feel more like an Elder Scrolls game, to make it feel more like Tamriel. And mm -hmm. it's been it hasn't been in the beta for a very long time, only recently. And it's it's definitely um, it gives you the emotional connection that you need in order to really enjoy the game at its fullest. Dave, you've got something. What is it? Well, two things. One one really quick. I muted the music right off the bat because music in video games is redundant. <laughs> um, that being said, I wanted to tell y'all that there was actually a beta that they specifically asked us to go out and do this one thing. Okay? And I, I decided... I wasn't going to listen because I'm obnoxious and I, I did the one thing that I knew would make or break this game for me in the long run. I went fishing. 
<laughs> oh my god, dude. Can, can we sit down and, and talk about fishing for a second? Let's talk about fishing. Oh hours my I've god. wasted. Okay, I I spent I spent so long fishing one this th- that period that I'm talking about that I was actually fishing and they turned the servers off on me. Like <laughs> I kind of felt like the last guy at a bar where they were just like, "All right, dude, last call was an hour ago. You got to go." Dave. Good night. You got to go. Oh, come on. So <laughs> That's oh. kind of the feeling I got from it. But honestly, I loved it. I was so into it. I just was zoning out fishing and I love it. And the cool thing is is the fishing in this game ranges from the the simple put something on your line, cast it, catch a fish, all the way up to the point where you can butcher the fish that you catch to make better, you know, fishing lures, but better, you know, better quality stuff bait, to, yeah. bait Wait, to put on the fish. Yes. And you can actually get better at fishing from fishing, like physically what, get better at fishing. So you actually get better bait from the fish you catch. It's so much fun. It's so cool. It makes it's like, oh my god! It's so simple yet complicated at the same time. Everything in this damn game is like that. But I love it. It, it I'm addicted to it. You know how many characters in WoW I capped out fishing? How many? All Enough to where I I have guilt about it. So. <laughs> I, same with Rift. I capped out fishing in Rift. I, all of the different games that have fishing, I fish. And this is this is going to be one of them. I'm going to tell you, if you ever want to find Dean in-game, go look for, at a fishing pond. I would say don't, don't ever, ever, ever run through this game. You're going to get those content locusts where, and they're in every MMO. They have to have a level, oh, of course, a level 50 character. They have to be at the end game, no matter what, they just can't not have uh, an end level character. What did you call it? Content locusts? Content locusts. Yes, they're called. They yes. eat they are. content. They just, they devour it in a week. This game's going to be out, and you know, two weeks later, there's going to be level a level fifty. There's level fifties running around. That blows my mind. Like I don't literally can't comprehend that. Dude. I can't comprehend it either. Don't be that guy. All right. If if that's if that's the only thing you really enjoy, fine. Be that guy. Whatever. But <laughs> um, and, and I say that with with you know all the love in my heart. Honestly, I mean we're all gamers here, and if that's your thing, that's cool. But I I would say. For for most of you out there, it would be a better idea to to really just once you get off of the first island, okay. It doesn't matter what faction you're on; they all have them. For the Daggerfall Covenant, once you get into Glenumbra, and you feel and you get into Daggerfall, Daggerfall City, slow down, look around, go fishing, craft, listen to things happening around you. When you complete a major quest, every single time you go back into Daggerfall, it's, oh, hey, there's the guy that saved the king. And you know what? It's an awesome feeling because that's what we missed in Skyrim. Mm-hmm. Miss that stuff. And it's there in Elder Scrolls Online in a huge way. It's not just one time you completed the quest and you go, you know, um, walking around and everyone's clapping for you. It's Every single time you complete a huge quest and you those NPCs are around you again, you're going to hear 
how heroic you are and the recognition and and your story people don't necessarily know they're you're the person they're talking about but they're telling your story everywhere around you oh did you hear a stranger saved the king oh really who i'd like to buy that guy a beer you know just cool stuff like that and uh it's it's awesome it's definitely awesome to 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 feel that plus the music plus the crafting is amazing the fishing is honestly the fishing is fun dave's not up crazy yeah it's <laughs> glorious <laughs> plus the exploration the exploration in this game beats the crap out of every single mmo that ever decided to have exploration i'm being silly it's not true no but, you're not being silly you're I mean, does. well, when you're talking about like sandbox MMOs, like like um, galaxies, I'm sure that's not true. But in in traditional st WoW style MMOs, it certainly is true to say that the exploration in this game is just bar none. It's it's absolutely fantastic. Um, dungeons, dungeons are amazing. They're in the game. You can find them. You don't have to have a quest to walk in there. They're they're great. Um, grouping up. Grouping up is, is a lot of fun, too. It's it's fantastic. Dude, Avarwin, you and I, man. we. Just... Oh, that, yeah, dude. I mean, that was the other thing. I mean, I Shank and I grouped up, and what did we do? We just explored. We, we ran away a lot, too. But... Yeah. <laughs> but it was, I mean, it was, it, was, it was fun, man. I mean, like, we would literally, Avarwin would be like, okay, Shank, where are we going? I'd set a marker randomly, and we'd just walk there. Yeah, and how many of those lore books did we find? God, dude, I like me at like a ton. And on top of that, how many skill books did we find? And we found that sky shard. Oh yeah. Every every single time you see a bookshelf, check it because you may actually you know, you may be skill up and <laughs> getting your skill. Oh, skill booked? Skill, yeah. <laughs> we yeah, Shank and I invented a new term that night called uh skill skill booked. Yeah, what, hashtag hey, skill booked. What are you doing over there, Shank? Uh, skill booking. All right, bro. <laughs> <laughs> all right um final thoughts guys unless of course we missed something that we should bring up right now um and let's let's start with uh with lou first of all I, before we do that i know i thanked you off air but i want to thank you on air you know this is this is our friday night it's 11 o'clock uh eastern time you guys don't have to be here i really appreciate everyone coming out and, and hanging out and and you guys are, are you know i can't I got an awesome crew and uh, you guys are fantastic. I really like, I really appreciate you guys coming out. Um, Lou, final thoughts. Well, uh, my final thought would be, you know, there's, you know, uh, gosh, how do I explain this? Uh, it's lots <laughs> of differences of opinions out there, flying out there now. Okay. Uh, good, bad, indifferent. You know, I would say to everyone just, you know, take whatever you're reading out there, what you're seeing out there, you know, with a grain of salt. You know, make the decision yourself. Don't go off on other people's opinions. Definitely don't go off my opinion because it is just my opinion. Um, all right, so when you're looking at material, looking at reviews, all right, cool. All right, that, that person gave their opinion. Good. We all have our opinions. Let's respect that. But you know what? Go out there and experience the game for yourself. If you're one of the... The lucky people who's actually in this weekend, you know, you got that beta key, whether it's from Curse or from, you know, ZMS itself, you know, go in there, experience the game yourself. All right, experience the living, breathing world that they've created and 
start forming, building your own opinions. Uh, because for me, what I've seen so far, a lot of the uh, negativity, okay, has been very vague. Whether that's from the NDA or not, you know what? It, it's it's vague. Uh, they don't go into specifics. Um, and again, that could be just with the NDA, but again, I find that very annoying that they don't specify as to what they found wrong in their, in, in their points, okay? No, uh, one, one, one article, okay, that I read this morning uh, annoyed the crap out of me because clearly the guy has never played any Tez games before, all right? But he doesn't mention that until three quarters down his article, saying he has no experience whatsoever with the Elder Scrolls games, all right? Whether it's Marina, Daggerfall, Morrowind, <laughs> Oblivion. Sky, you know, Skyrim. Okay, fine. You know, I'll give him better doubt. He's got that fresh slate, but you know, he his perspective was, again, my opinion, totally off the mark because he has no previous experience playing that type of single player RPG, and now he's trying to review Elder Scrolls Online. So, you know, again, make up your own minds. Get in the beta if you can. Take what you see. But make your own decision. All right, don't take what other people's words for it. <laughs> you know, go in there, experience the world yourself, and then, you know, decide whether or not you like the game. And Shank. Um, I'm going to speak directly to the players out there that are like me, and I I know there are a lot of you out there. You are you are a person who has never played an MMO before, um, love the single-player games, and you just love the exploration, you just love the freedom that the uh, single-player games give you. Directly speaking to you, I have gone into this game, and I have felt that spark. You have that freedom. You have that exploration. You have such incredible opportunity to play exactly how you want to play. I have taken my exact play style from Oblivion, from Skyrim, and transplanted it one-to-one into ESO. And I cannot tell you how happy that makes me feel. So if you are like, if you fall into that camp, I know a lot of you guys are like that. I mean... You can have fun in this game. It is an Elder Scrolls game. It it is an Elder Scrolls game. And finally, I just want to say, I got to give props to uh, Bradford and the rest of our the our news guys, community guys, everything for, and I mean obviously Varwin too for kind of organizing because like we literally pulled all of the articles you're going to see, all the videos in this podcast at the last minute, and we've organized it all at the last minute, and I think. You're going to see a lot of information, so props to all that. I think that's cool. And Dave? Um, I just wanted, wanted to come out and say, listen to who you want. I mean, it, it, you're going to, but you need to take in what that kind of person is, what that kind of person reviews, uh, what kind of games that person plays, because that's a part of them. So yeah, that's their view on things, but everyone's view on an MMO, no matter what MMO it is, is always different. And while someone, while we, we may like it, while some people may hate it, honestly, it's going to boil down to one thing and one thing only, and that's what you make of it. 
And uh, as I'm seeing people in the chat saying that Curse at this very moment still has keys that they're willing to give out for you to try the beta this weekend. And it, it really is worth giving even the try of the beta just to see if it's the game you know that you want to stick around for when it releases. And honestly, for those who give it the chance, for those who, who sit down and actually play it, I've yet to hear anyone come back and say, wow, this game is her- terrible. I've never heard that from someone who I know firsthand has played the game. It has, I've only heard positives. It, so, you know what, though? Go try it. Try it yourself. That's, that's what my final thought is. It, it's worth the try. Uh, first, I wanna I wanna just say uh, thanks to the chat room for for jumping in. Uh, we had a very nice uh, turnout this evening. Um, I want to apologize for the sort of uh, I suppose random discussion flow for for the evening. Um, every any given El- Elder Scrolls off the record uh, takes me to, if I have help um, shorter amount of time, but usually it takes me anywhere between four to five hours to write the show from start to finish. Um, to do something like this uh, is and not have anything really to go on is, is you know, different for us and very difficult. So if, if things, you know, seem to flow uh, differently or maybe slower than normal, um, I apologize. But uh, I think this was a great show. I think we did a fantastic job considering the... I think everyone's nerves were a little on edge today because this is, you know, we're, we're worried about NDA. We don't want to, we don't want to, you know, say something we shouldn't say, but at the same time, uh, we're unbelievably excited about the things that we do have to say. Finally, you know, we can get a little, a little breather. Plus we want to make sure that we hit all the topics and with like zero prep time whatsoever. Um, but I, I think, I think despite, all of the the things that that we had mounting against us for this episode, I think we did an unbelievably fantastic job. Thank you, Lou. Thank you, Shank. Thank you, Dave. Uh, thank you to the chat room, and for those of you out there uh, downloading and listening, uh, thank you as well for supporting us with with your download and uh, by watching us on YouTube and uh, by downloading us on Stitcher, on iTunes, or through the RSS feed. Uh, I had a great time. I'm I love this game. I adore it. Uh, I can't wait to play some more of it, and uh, I'm obviously looking forward to talking to all of you again on uh, next Thursday for Elder Scrolls Off the Record, episode 99. Oh, so keep, it, keep it here. <laughs> keep it locked to Quest Gaming Network this weekend and Elder Scrolls Off the Record. We're going to be coming out with um, lots of different articles, lots of different videos, all throughout, I believe the weekend. I think the big the big day is going to be, I think Monday, Monday and Tuesday, or maybe just Monday. Yeah. But uh, we'll keep watch our Twitter at Elder Scrolls OTR. We're going to be uh, talking to you through there, uh, certainly on on Facebook as well, and uh, on our websites, of course. So check check back every single day. We're going to have content for you coming out. Um, and right now, Shank's article is is up on Elder Scrolls off the record dot com you're gonna want to check it out bradford's too bradford's just posted his as well 
Yeah, he posted his uh, earlier this afternoon, and then yeah. uh, I yeah. followed suit. Okay. So we got uh, there's two for you. So mm-hmm. this show plus those two articles. Uh, great job, guys. So thank you very much. Chat room, thank you again. YouTube, thank you again. Take good care, everyone, and have a good evening.